listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 52 on Ed Reach. What is an educational game? This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, May 11, 2012. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice it is. Mm. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. I'm Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest today, uh, tonight is... Yoda! <laughs> well, not quite. Uh, Lucas no. Gillespie. That. I'm Lucas. Uh, I'm a gamer and instructional technology coordinator for Pender County Schools in North Carolina, and I blog uh, very infrequently uh, as of late um, at www.edurealms.com. Jerry? And my name is Jerry James. I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And as you can hear, we have Yoda slash uh, Lucas slash uh, FOG, uh, friend of Ed Gamer. Oh, no, FOE, sorry. FOE, yeah. My, I can spell. Uh, foe. See, that's why I like that. Yeah. I like FOE, foe. Deeper meaning. Much deeper meaning. So we brought Lucas on today because, well, we just, gosh darn it, we like him. And so uh, we oh, wanted shucks. to. What's that? I said, oh shucks. Aw, oh, shucks. Uh, as I was uh, explaining before a show, just kind of putting things together, uh, I am teaching, as I think uh, most teachers do, uh, work during the summer, and I am teaching some classes uh, for my wife's school district, and they asked me finally to put together, because I've been on them for a while, that, oh, hey, I want to talk about some uh, educational gaming. I want to do a session on that this uh, during the summer. And they finally agreed, and I'm, I'm very thankful for them for doing that. So I've been putting an outline together with a, a friend of mine, and we were discussing, okay, we got to put some research uh, together for this presentation. Why is educational gaming important? But we've talked about that many times on this show. But the other thing was is we needed to come up with a definition for educational gaming. And that's going to be our main topic of the show today. But we have some quick news and notes, I guess we could go into. And uh, we'll, let's start out with uh, Lucas. You had a couple games that you wanted to, uh, to throw out there that's very exciting news. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, of course, um, anybody who's a Minecraft fan, and I know that we have a lot of Minecraft fan listeners out there, um, know that Minecraft for the Xbox 360 release this week, um, I, I did buy it. Um, I can say that it is an excellent port of the game. They've done a really good job with it. Um, and it's nice because you can sit with your with your kids, you know, and, and actually play split screen um, on, all on the same machine at the oh, same time. Nice. So, yeah, really cool. Um, they've done a really good uh, job with the crafting interface. Um, it, it actually works really nicely, and and yes, um, you still jump and, and scream in terror when you're in that zone, and all of a sudden a creeper creeps up behind you and ah. up. Yeah. Fun stuff there. Yeah, and it, stuff. I'm sure, as you know and the listeners know, that we had Joel on uh, last weekend, mm-hmm. and he's – man, he's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love some Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's got some great stuff, and I'm definitely going to use some of his material uh, in my sessions. Just it, There's just so much there, and the openness of of Minecraft is just uh, is wonderful. Isn't it great? 
Yeah, it just, it's just um, the, it's awesome to see that community growing. Um, there, there more teachers are picking it up, um, and it and it's so cost effective compared yes. to the other um, cra- I mean stuff that we we buy in in school districts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're actually up to I think we we're up. I just did a calculation a minute ago, like two hundred and twenty seven accounts in our wow. district um, spread across like six or seven schools. Yeah, it's it's just awesome. And, well, and uh, if you're going to do that, invaluable resource. Oh yeah, and if you're going to do that, uh, you definitely need to go to Minecraft Edu. Uh, yes. Is it dot .com? Yes, minecraftedu.com. Absolutely. Dot com. And not only will you get a discount, uh, you know, on the software, you have software that's going to work very well within your classroom. Mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful. I'm, they're, I'm they're doing very excited. great stuff. What's that? I said they're doing great stuff. Oh. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, and my goal is next year is to start a club after school. Mm-hmm. And what I would love to have happen is some of these kids start creating content for classrooms yeah a club to be able to do okay hey we're gonna teach you know we're working on egypt uh what can we map out and put together and have some of these students that love to build and just create just be able to create okay we're gonna learn about egypt these are the things we need to talk about what can you guys build and then have that as a map for the kids to go through i think that that would would be phenomenal that would be awesome that cool. Just come up with these great ideas. Okay, what's the other what's the other game that you uh, you're getting into? Yeah, so um, well, of course, uh, I'm anxiously awaiting Tuesday when Diablo three oh. comes out. <laughs> so, oh. so in the meantime, while I've been waiting, um, um, I recently picked up, um, just found it on Steam actually, I think, and and did some investigation, started playing. Um, but Stronghold Kingdoms. Um, yeah. so if you've ever played Stronghold, um, you know they're the kind of the, cla- the uh, castle simulator. Yep. kind of thing. So Stronghold Kingdoms is the MMO version of that. Um, it's free to play, um, and um, it's uh, just a great strategy. So okay. something between kind of a mix between Civilization, maybe Age of Empires, but in an MMO setting. Yeah. Um, really, really free. cool. Yeah, I'll say, say again. You said it's free. It is free to play. There, um, of course, they have some premium options. You right. you can spend money, and I did. I spent probably eight dollars for the last two months. Um, eight dollars. Um, the month I first started playing and, and after, but you don't have to, and, and it's, but it's, you know, it just adds some little perks and things like that that kind of make it uh, a little, little different play. But yeah, it's absolutely worthwhile. I think it would be useful um, in a classroom setting too. So it's something to look at. Okay, well that's something I need to definitely look at because mm-hmm. that's my last unit of the year is is the Middle Ages. So oh, perfect. It'd be yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm gonna add a couple uh, of games in here, and it, 2K has been adding a lot of tweets out there about Borderlands 2, this is not an educational game. (laughs) I'll preface this by this is not an educational game. But I would have to say it's for co-op because, you know, I like playing with my friend Justin in games. Um, uh, Borderlands 2 has probably probably been my favorite co-op game that I've ever played. Uh, Not in Borderlands 2, but the original Borderlands. So I'm looking forward to Borderlands 2. Does that make, did I make that clear? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> clear as mud. So Borderlands <laughs> was my favorite co-op game. Borderlands 2 is going to be coming out, and 2K is putting a lot of information out about that. That is not an educational game, but it's a lot of fun. Some people like, um, uh, oh, what's the zombie one? Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Some people like that. I have to play with the lights on. So I, <laughs> Zach, I are you playing it on the 360? No. I, I, I play it on uh, the PC. Oh, okay. I, I, 
I that's I guess I'm old school because I have a very difficult time playing first person uh, games on the Xbox. I cannot do the thumb the thumb thing. I <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I finally picked it up, but I'm I'm still I'm just like moving target. I'm, I'm free points. Everybody <laughs> that I'm playing against. Yeah, yeah. I've done Call of Duty on there. I've I've, I've done that. It's just not it's not fun because like I said, I'm much better with mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Much better. So the other one, which is, I guess has come out for a while, but it's been off my radar. Uh, Portal 2 now has uh, a level editor. Oh, so you can actually so cool. make your own level. So I don't know if anybody else is geeked out about that. <laughs> the, the intro video is awesome. If you haven't seen it, the, um, the little promo video that, that's done like an advertisement from the yes. company. It's so awesome. Um, just saw that the other day. I can't wait to get my hands. I haven't tried this. Is it out? It's I, I, I thought it was out. I, I was I was sitting there and uh, yeah, I thought it was out for a while. Maybe not. Yeah, it's, I think it's out because they said it was uh, automatic download in uh, Steam. Steam. Okay. Oh, I can't. I need to get on that. Start so that is uh, yeah, the Portal Workshop. I don't know. It's but I'll put it in the notes. But I'm almost positive it's a. You can get it through Steam as an automatic download, but you actually create, you have like a workshop that you go in and create a, a, your own little level. So your own little puzzle. So and cool. you can download, I guess there's thousands and thousands of uh, maps, uh, player created maps. Very cool. So that, I think that's very cool, especially if you can get students into that. Oh yeah, it looks like it's out because apparently <laughs> 1.3 million downloads already. <laughs> it <laughs> might be okay. out. <laughs> Maybe we're a little slow on that one, but that's, that's a lot of fun. Okay, so we got we got the games kind of uh, game news there. I got an email uh, earlier this week from a teacher out in Washington State, and he sent a Kickstarter. He said, "Hey, could you mention this Kickstarter on your, on your podcast?" I was like, "Yeah, if I like it, I, I'd be glad to to send it out there." And it's basically learning geography skills through zombie apocalypse. <laughs> uh, that's you know, so awesome <laughs> it, it is very cool so the whole concept is there's a zombie apocalypse you need to you're surviving you, you know you're trying to survive and you're moving to different areas throughout the united states and you're trying to find the best geographic location to first of all hide and then start creating uh, a place to live and then building a settlement and this is all based on geography skills that this teacher you uh, you know has the students learn throughout the year so you have to take the skills that they've learned and apply them into creating a city uh, after surviving the ap- uh, apocalypse from the zombies <laughs> I, I think it's great that's a great idea so I'll yep. put the link out there he wanted they wanted five thousand um, five thousand uh, dollars he's already over five thousand and I think you know I don't know if we had any part in that Lucas, uh, but I, I tweeted it out, and I think you tweeted it out, yep. and uh, you are much bigger than me. So uh, in that, <laughs> no, but it's Twitter universe. It, no, it's it's all about helping each other. And what yeah, I love, exactly. what I love about this uh, project is that he's putting it together, and then it's going to be Creative Commons. Anybody, anybody can use it. So he's throwing it out there to everybody, which is something that Lucas thoroughly approves. Oh yes. Because that's what he's done with his work. So, yep. okay. Any others on there? So we got all those games. 
That's a lot. That's enough to get you through until next week, anyway. Yeah. yeah. The next week, yeah, exactly. Because after Diablo 3 comes out, I don't know what. Oh, um, <laughs> we might be taking a hiatus next week. Uh, yeah, really. Week. <laughs> oh, sorry, playing Diablo 3. Which is, by the way, not a game for the classroom. I <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine why. I, I don't know. We should have asked what is not an educational game. No, we could have yeah. just said Diablo 3. Diablo. We could definitely come up with a list for that. <laughs> so we should say not an elementary, middle, probably maybe high school game. I I, I guarantee you I could pull ex- educational content out of it. <laughs> just got separated from the content a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, having a, a stamp of approval from a school district, uh, probably not very <laughs> <laughs> appropriate uh, PR stance. Okay, now back to the main topic of the show, which is what is an educational game? And as I said before, I've put this list together, and I want I want to share the list with you, but I want to see what we what you guys come up with compared to what I've already come up with. So I guess I'm just going to throw the question out: What, just generally, what is an educational game? <laughs> the silence. <laughs> Here we go. That's so broad. I yeah, I think you have to take it. Piece by piece, and I mean personally, if I were to tackle this, I would lay out, I would lay out the <clears throat> the basic necessities an educational game has to have. So, obviously, the first thing would be having it tied to some kind of a, and this is also in a broad manner, whether it's being tied to a specific uh, standard that you want students to learn, or whether it's just learning in general. But it has to be somehow tied to learning. And I, I want to preface this, too, because part of me, you know, after talking to uh, James Paul G. a couple times on the podcast and, you know, just, just having him say, well, educational gaming is not really an appropriate term. Yeah. <laughs> it, it needs to be games and learning. And, yes, yeah. I, I completely understand yeah. that. I totally agree with it. I almost uh, I almost like keeping you know, well, first of all, Ed Gamer's kind of staying because that's kind of what we have. But you know, mentioning educational game because I think that's what most people uh, see this area being called mm-hmm. is educational games. So, preface: yes, it's games and learning because the focus should be on learning. But that being said, so you say uh, it needs to be tied to some type of standard, Common Core. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, well, that's even a tough one for me to stick my foot in because <laughs> what 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 actually makes a what makes it an educational game so like we just mentioned uh left for dead or diablo 3 is can you say that's an educational game yes okay, so what, make, <laughs> what, so what makes it an educational game well here's the thing too and and i let me let me frame the let me frame a different question okay see what you guys think so if if i came to you zach and I was enthusiastic, and I said, Zach, I've got this educational game I want you to play. What would be your first instinct? What, what well, was your first thought about that game? In the coming from you? Yes. Com- coming from well, okay, you. No, no, separate the me from it, because if I put my oh, stamp on I said, this is an educational game you need to play, yeah. <laughs> if it, it, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from, so that, that makes it difficult. Now, if I had a general teacher within my district come to me and say that, yeah. I would say it would be more of a uh, drill and kill. Yeah. Um, you know, a layer, the chocolate covered broccoli that <laughs> here is, here's, here's, we're just going to have them regurgitate, memorize this information, and they're shooting at something and it gives them the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, and my, that's my thing is uh, you put educational in front of game, 
and throw it out to kids, then you're going to kill it. Because yeah. I think kids have seen, quote unquote, and I'm holding my quote fingers up in the air right now. You can't see that. <laughs> I can feel them. Educational game. You know, yes. and you're like, ugh. And that's my first instinct. It's like, oh, God, here it comes. You know, because this is not going to be good. Um, because you throw the word. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with, with G on this. Um, separate those, those two things out and, and games for learning um, is much more palatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's that's where I was trying to go with that. Is not <laughs> not being t- no not being tied to a standard, being right. able to learn from it. There that's you go. Saying. That makes sense. There you go. Okay. So what are the I guess what are the different categories that an edu- where you could put an educational game or games and learning? Good and bad. I mean, you know the gamut here. Hmm. I, I would. I suppose but, but, it. it Depends on you know. I always tell people, regardless of what you're doing, start with your instructional goals in mind. What is it you want your learners to be able to do, know, right. whatever, um, and then find the game, whether it says educational in front of it or not, that, that can take you to that end point. Um, you know, with us, with with the World of Warcraft project, it was you know we want students who are better writers, better re- readers, and, and then if, if we can get you know some digital citizenship and social skills and things like and leadership and things like that in there, that's a plus. So obviously the best alternative, you know, the best uh, game matchup for that was World of Warcraft. Um, but it, it, if you have, here's the thing: we're not your average ordinary teachers that that look at games this way right if, if somebody if a teacher comes to me and says you know i want to try some educational games you know yes my first response is going to be what are you trying to what's your goal in learning mm-hmm. you know that's going to be my first response but there's a lot of teachers out there that are just okay we're living like in utopia here because most i think most teachers are going to go and say okay i want to use an educational game and they go for the game right which is not the right way but i guess I guess maybe I should rephrase my question. If I had to make a list of different types of educational games to maybe help define this for you know just certain teachers, mm-hmm. how would I do that? I, I mentioned one before. I think drill and kill is is one area, and is that actually bad? Is that I, I think I think it has yes, its place. Some, okay, go ahead. So what do you think? No, I, I think it has its place. I mean, there's certain there's certain types of learning I think that lend themselves to to some extent to just practice. You, you sort of building your mental muscle for say like multiplication tables yes. or or you know basic spelling facts and things like yes. that. That shouldn't be the end all be all and definitely not perfect for every learner. But um, I think there's a place for it. And, and yeah, it, it can it can actually be fun. Um, it's just don't I, I I worry about you know kind of lifting these these things up and calling them good games. You yes. know, not yeah. These are I wouldn't call it a good game. Um, in the world of gaming as a whole. I think they have their place, but... I'd have a tough time putting the word educational game or games and learning on that. I'd say it's a tool. Sure. It's a it's a method for learning uh, for multiplication facts. And I do have to say my youngest daughter uh, definitely learned her multiplication facts from like a leapfrog, a leapster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also um, there's a math... There's a math game that, or a program uh, that helps with that that she's that she's done at school and at home, mm-hmm. and that's it's just memorization. I I, I do think memor- there are certain things that you just need to be able to memorize. Sure. Um, and that's my personal opinion. I know there's some out there that no, just know the skills, know how to know how to be able to find something, and that's I agree with that too. 
but there are certain things. My life is a mu is much easier that I can multiply uh, basic you know numbers or add and subtract basic things in my head. Mm -hmm. Makes things I, easier. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I'm with you. I'm so we have drill and kill. Okay. So what other areas? What other categories could we come up with that are examples of educational games? How about simulations? Okay. Yeah, I, I think simulations certainly, um, and that's a very broad topic too. But you know, we have everything from you, you could look at a game, uh, a commercial game like Civilization. Right. Obviously, you know a lot about that as um, as being uh, a simulation. But but even more specific, I mean, there are companies out there that are are in the their their goal is to produce simulations that that have the you know that are used in the Department of Defense or in right. the medical industry or whatever. Um, to to give participants um, a, an experience. Um, and, and that is one. So that is one I have. I have simulation. Mm -hmm. I have drill and kill. I have civilization on my list, and that's definitely you know what I feel good about that is that I had goals in learning. I wasn't looking to use civilization in my classroom. It's just one of those things that I saw everything that I that I'm supposed to teach. And how to effectively give that to the students, and civilization was what I thought was a great tool. Mm -hmm. So there's that. How about Oregon Trail? Yeah, <laughs> that's a lemonade game. stand. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I try to look that up. I, I can't find a. I know there's knockoffs of it, but that you know that was a game that was very good. I used the BBC Interactive History Games. Mm -hmm. um, Jerry, uh, I was just gonna say. I suppose you're breaking into. Um, the content side of the yeah. game, you know, you're you're talking about content. Cause I, so so where uh, what about Angry Birds? There's zero arguable. There's zero content, right? Well, I mean, I've seen some science teachers try to twist content out of it, but and I think there's some games out there that are very similar to Angry Birds, and they use it as uh, how much force, um, you know, what's the angle. Uh, uh -huh. They drop the math in there. And problem-solving skills. You know, yeah, sure. which of the birds am I going to use to... Exactly. Know, which ones do I need for this level? What, You know, and then <clears throat> the assessment. <laughs> Angry Birds is actually a great assessment tool. You know, <laughs> you've got these so many birds to do this. You can complete it. You can complete it and get by, but you can also go back and continue working at it until you excel. You have to mm -hmm. complete the level until you get on to the next level. Those are good things, I think, for educational games, those concepts. You know, something that just popped in my head is, you know, because I use Blooms. You know, I want, I like the different levels of learning. I'm almost thinking I could create a Blooms level and give examples of what games could fit into those areas. Mm -hmm. I think that would be, that'd be a great resource. I think that would be, because I see that like for Google. Uh, <laughs> you know, what Google tools can I use? I see those out there. Little, I've seen different uh, apps too. Um, apps, yep. Yeah. Hey, these fit into the. This is knowledge. Drill and kill. It's just knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you could take the uh, Angry Birds, and that, you know, wherever that fits. You know, you could have that at different levels. So the ultimate though is uh, the top where you are able to uh, judge, uh, being able to judge or or put something together, and I think. You know, creation tools like Kodu, you know, GameStar Mechanic, the mm -hmm. MIT Scratch. Um, you know, I think those are areas that need to be looked at. It's not 
this not the game, but you're actually creating. Yeah. I yeah. Those are. <clears throat> huh. And and those I are. think I think certain games ha- can can fall depending on how they're used into different levels of of right. taxonomy. You know, you could take Minecraft for example, which is one we love to talk about. Um, it could be. Um, used at a sort of the basal level stuff, but then if I gave students a very sort of ill-defined scenario, and I said create something that represents you know such and such, and use Minecraft as your tool for doing that, then I certainly think that we're going to hit into the definitely in the higher parts of Bloom's taxonomy. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It just yeah, like I said, depends on how how you do that. Um, what are some so. Let me go ahead and just read some of these because it just because I had simulation, I had creation, I had puzzle uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. So you could almost say that uh, Angry Birds is kind of a puzzle strategy, would you? Wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, definitely yeah. a puzzle. I put it more on the puzzle into that spectrum than, yeah. than I would on the strategy. Uh, Portal Two, of course. Yeah. Uh, Settlers of Catan. There's you know there's actually online and there's an Xbox version of that. I love you know that type of game. I could even say that Star Wars, the Legos types of games, puzzles, mm-hmm. working together, co-op. Yeah. I think that's a little tougher to um, have <laughs> to really show teachers and say yes. All you need to do is have the students play Star Wars Legos. Uh, yeah. Stay away from episodes <laughs> one, two, and three. So, um, the drill and kill, and then I had sandbox. Yeah. Which Minecraft fits in beautifully. Mm-hmm. Right. World of Warcraft. Uh, yeah. I even think Civilization also fits because you know you you have the open-endedness of, of what you can do and you're making the choices, and we're, of course your World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. It really, I think it kind of um, for a lot of games it depends on how you apply it, um, right? And what you're you know how you're using it. Um, like in the World of Warcraft thing, we it, it's it's you know I have to tell people I still have to remind people that 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 particular class is not really about the game. It hits, the game is just the vehicle. You know, it's right. just the, the it's the content, the subject matter. In, in like your um, example of the the um, zombie based learning, the you know it's the zombie factor is just the, the vehicle that gets us through, that gives us the engagement, the hook, you know, whatever. Um, and that's now, do what, we consider what do we consider that a game? It depends on well, it depends on whether he's meeting the definition of the game or of a game or not. Well, I mean, it's a simulation of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have groups competing. I mean, you, you wouldn't even need groups competing. You know, I, I think there's a gray area between you know a, a simulation and how you, as a teacher, introduce this and how it's how it's worked throughout your class. Mm-hmm. You know, is that is, could you consider that a game? Boy, this is this is tough because you're getting to <clears throat> like kind of like you guys were talking about. It, it's really depending on the teacher. And how the teacher is is presenting these things. You know, the Angry Birds conversation we just had, I had with a science teacher the other day. And he was one of our better science teachers. But I was just amazed that that was the conversation we had. Those qualities of Angry Birds as opposed to the qualities of, um, you know, how it could be scientific. It was more, we were talking about the strength of, you know, the assessment tools and things like that. So I, I think so much of this depends on how a teacher presents it in the class as well. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. Uh, a couple more things I just wanted to mention here, but uh, and maybe I'll just throw this list out on the notes because you know I, I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting, but it's really got me thinking about doing a Bloom's taxonomy for uh, games and learning. Um, I think that that 
I like that idea. Uh, universe Sandbox. I don't know if you've seen that on Steam. Mm, yeah. You create your own universe and the gravity and see how everything interacts. I think that's super cool. Uh, and then board and card games. Now, you know, not it's not technology, but it's simple technology. But those, I love, the kids love using board games. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, out-of-the-box games, I've talked about Word on the Street. Uh, there's one. Uh, what's that drawing game, the, the app that you everybody's Draw something? Draw, draw something. something. Yeah. yeah they, out-of-the-box games has, um, like, backseat drawer or whatever. And it's the same concept, except I'm using a, uh, a whiteboard, small whiteboard, and uh, dry erase markers. That's all I'm yeah. doing. So same idea. Um, it's just not digitized. And then Board Game Geek, which is one of my favorite websites. It just has tons and tons of board games on there, uh, every type of board game that's out there. So again, can we summarize? <laughs> can we summarize? <laughs> what is what is educational game? First of all, well, games and learning, but go ahead. Let's also, if we have time, let me also throw in, though, just to make sure that – because I, I think the definition of game is, is something that should be discussed here. Um, and, and what makes a game a game? And why is a game different from a simulation? And why is it that – like when I take educators into Second Life, for example, and they're like, oh, this is just a game. Not really. It doesn't meet the definition of a game. Yeah. Um, Jane McGonigal in, in her book Reality is Broken, she talks about some of uh, – like for, she, she lists four major components of games, and that, that would be goals. So a game has to have a goal, some, some end point, something that you're moving toward. Um, it has to have rules. Um, and you know different numbers of those depending on the type of game and the style of it. Um, it has to give you some sort of feedback as to your progression or how things are moving through it. And lastly, she adds this, and this is kind of interesting: um, voluntary participation. Um, you have to be will- a willing participant in a game for it to be really tr- a true game. That makes um, sense. Yeah, so that's interesting to think about. And so I think it's important that we we know one what a game is, and then talk about beyond that at, a, at another level what an educational game is just want to throw that in there muddy the waters a little more <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and that's the, uh, yeah the voluntary thing is kind of interesting mm-hmm. i think so too i thought that was an interesting addition but it makes sense and as a classroom teacher how do you do you just give them a choice <laughs> but if you limit their choice it's really not super voluntary because they only have you know three choices right say. Yeah, that, that's true, um, and, and that's that's where it becomes really challenging in the classroom um, if you want to make a classroom truly like a game. Um, and I, th- I think it still can have a, a the classroom can still have a lot of game like elements. Um, obviously, giving students choice is a huge component of that, and and it's but it's challenging. Um, it was one of the biggest hurdles, mental hurdles for me. Um, you know, being a, a former biology teacher was a very linear approach to my my teaching. Um, to move into this World of Warcraft thing and really embrace, uh, w- really with the help of 3D Game Lab, has sort of given me some framework to do that. Um, but really embracing this idea of giving students choice um, and taking your curriculum and, and just br- making it like a branching tree and giving, letting students kind of follow their own paths through the different parts of the curriculum. So, yeah. Do, do we agree that, like with Second Life, they go into that, it's really not a game, mm-hmm. but it depends on how the teacher presents it sure well you can build games within second life yeah. right yeah absolutely um and and jerry building you know can you turn what you do into a game 
Uh, see, or is it not? Is, is it just about creation? Well, this is this is where we go back into the the giant gray area. You know, I <laughs> this keeps taking me <laughs> this keeps taking me back to that Jim G interview where you know he said he 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 thinks about something for so long that then you get. You know, you everything's gray. Nothing's black and white anymore. <laughs> because that's the point that I think I've come with this in my head. Because in my in my world, in the visual arts, that is game creation. We use things like Second Life to teach game creation. Because you're teaching, you know, concepts about, like, uh, not specifically avatars, but character design. And you're designing an avatar to mimic a character. And we put together a machinima to talk about level design and create, you know, we, we use virtual worlds to teach game design, which is not something that a lot of other people can do in their classrooms. So, right. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to flip this around because, you know, we started the, this off with uh, educational games, but I think uh, the genius of, of those that use the term games and learning, I think it makes it easier to fit something like uh, simulations, um, creation tools, you know, having the kids create in Minecraft, uh, you know, like I was talking about before, where they could create um, worlds that could be used within the classroom. It, that's it's not necessarily an educational game, but the creation of that it's it's using a game for learning. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that term games and learning actually f- fits a lot better than the term educational games. I think it limits. I think educational games limit uh, what is actually being done and, and what I guess the spectrum of what can be used. But games yeah. and learning opens it up. I think yeah. it brings baggage in too. <laughs> What's that? I, I still think educational game that that phrase brings all kinds of baggage into yeah. the it's a, well, entertainment. Just, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of because yeah, I can go and sell an educational game to a to a school or a school system easily. Oh, it's an educational game. They they, they ignore the game part of it because they're thinking Reader Rabbit, Math Blaster, you know, yeah, work yeah. control that kind of thing. Um, but it, it's just you know I I try to avoid that actually as much as I can and just talk about just games because games in and of themselves um, are educational opportunities. So yeah. here's here's a here's a question for you. Do you think that edutainment or educational games or Math West or things like that, is that a required stepping stone for a lot of teachers that are having a hard time getting games in their classrooms? Because I think a lot of us did this early in the game. You're like, look, Mm -hmm. games in the classroom, you know, and then we evolved to finding higher level, higher learning games. But take like a 20 year vet that just wants to get something new and fresh in the classroom. Can they go straight to to these newer, this newer idea we have of games and learning, or do they have to go through edutainment? I think I think that that's a logical progression. It, it certainly might ease their transition into this um, in, into seeing all games through the lens of, of pedagogy or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I know from what I've seen with teachers in my district, um, the one of the key factors is when you when you put students into an environment where they're just doing the skill and drill kind of uh, activities or games um, that that one of the things that they do see is that the students are engaged and students yes they are still engaged in those kinds of activities because uh, I have this phrase you know anything's better than a worksheet uh, yeah. anything's better than <laughs> one through 150 odd in the back of the book you know anything's better than that so 
you know, it, it's a stepping stone. Um, and I think at some level or another, it builds some acceptance for it because most of the teachers today are a good, well, I don't know, a lot of the teachers today, uh, a good portion of our, our demographics, when they think of games, they harken back to a time of, of, of smoke-filled arcades, you know, in the 80s and blips and yeah. things like that. And and those games are pretty limited in their problem-solving value and, and, and educational content. I mean, Pac-Man's it's great, but there's, there's some limitations <laughs> about where, how I would apply it in the classroom. Um, you know, and, and games today are so much more and so much different than that. But I think most of them aren't playing games. You know, a lot of them are not playing these kind of games. And so you need a gateway. I, and I think it's fine. You know, bring so I'm, I'm sitting here because this is, I like giving visuals and examples. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Reader Rabbit, Math Blaster and all those things are basically the entryway to a huge, uh, building. It's you're just in the you're just in the middle of it, and you you just want the teacher to step in. Yeah. And then as time goes on, you can see this broader and huge expanse of what is called games and learning. So it's almost like an iceberg. Mm-hmm. You know you. Yeah. You know educational games, Reader Rabbit, and then the lower levels of Blooms and Knowledge is just what's on top. It's games and learning is is not only the top, but it's also what's below the surface. Mm-hmm. And it's such a wider expanse, and there's so much more. And one of the articles that I'm using to reference uh, for my uh, discussions this summer is one from James Paul G. That he actually lays out 16 parts. Jane has, you know, her four. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Paul G. has his 16, which right. you know those four are, you know, basically in there. And it's it's all the different things that actually gain, good games can lead to learning. And that it's so much more than just one little thing. It's many things. I think this right. is always this is always going to be an uphill battle for us too, primarily because <clears throat> I like making the connection a lot now between games and their place in education and film and movies, because at least in art education and in a lot of English classes, people are using movies and film more and more for sto- for storytelling and concepts and grasping, you know, big picture and things like that. So I, their paths go similar. But if you look at something like like um, movies, which are another entertainment venue, but have very serious sides, like documentaries that can be taken very seriously and are still popular, that becomes almost more acceptable in a classroom as opposed to even a lot of the younger teachers that come out today that played games, more advanced games as a kid, still use them always primarily as an entertainment venue. So you're yeah. always kind of fighting that stigma to put into the classroom because our documentary of educational gaming is edutainment. That's like the that's like the documentary, you know, it's the one thing you can pull something out of. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's always making this such an uphill battle too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great point. I think I think we covered a lot of stuff there. I'm still. <laughs> I feel. Still I feel good for a Saturday. That was great. I, uh, <laughs> now I can go to the beach uh, and relax. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't even go there. Okay. So. Uh, so I think we got it. I think we got something good that hopefully our listeners can kind of take and and uh, ponder on. It's it's definitely got me thinking about what I'm going to do this summer, um, and how I'm going to present you know educational games and just basically saying that you know this is. What you most teachers look at as educational games is just one step or just the entryway to a much broader uh, universe 
of what can be done with games. I think this is a cool topic where we could we could set something up where we almost revisit with Lucas if you're willing there Lucas you know like every 6 months we could relook at <laughs> at this category, you know this topic because this is we covered this almost in some of our first podcasts and I feel now the definition is completely different than it once was it's going to evolve so quickly and I'm so obsessed about it yeah That's- yeah because there's no real good answer well, no. and you have to be obsessed in our roles when we're people – we're marketing this idea to right. to people who are stakeholders or whatever, uh, you know, people who are, are skeptical. And, and you know, when you – it's it's what I try to do when I think about this. What's going to be the first thing that pops into their head when I say, you know, educational game or World of Warcraft or, you know, whatever? Um, and and it's challenging. You We have to think about it, and we have to look at how that definition is evolving. And then think about how we provide other educators experiences or or ideas or whatever to to kind of help them advance their own views as much as our views have advanced. Because we do move slowly as a group. Yes, we education. Do. Yeah, uh, we move very slowly. Yeah. So it's because there's know, so much th- caution. I think that's the there reason. is with good. It's sometimes with good reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody uh, was there a study this week. If you guys, I don't know if you saw it or not, that talked about that a large percentage of teachers are using what they consider as educational games, hmm. um, and those are being used within the classroom. But th- like I said, what is their definition of educational yeah. games? That might be heads up, seven up. <laughs> you, using a game yeah. in the classroom, oh, you know, like Jeopardy is probably like 90% of those people's answer. Yeah. yeah. A PowerPoint games. Yeah. I mean, like. I guess. If that, those, <laughs> you know, okay, that's a good start. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? I think that's. Uh, I think that hits pretty good. I think. I yeah. think we. I think we got a lot of stuff there. So. Um, and Jerry, have you been messing with the document here? What's going on? That's not me, but I oh, already that, have it. <laughs> that bottom part, yeah, that's that's just that's for fun. Yeah. I, I, I have it. Google Translate is an excellent beatboxer. I have it ready to go. I'm excited, but I was waiting to be signed off. Okay, okay. Okay, so thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. And remember, Diablo 3 pre-order would be a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, jeez. Start downloading on Monday. Oh, my God. <laughs>